During the most deadly pandemic in recent history, with Brazil caught right in the middle, it's easy to forget about the country's other pressing problems, such as the persistent destruction of the Amazon rainforest. In fact, while the pandemic has terrorised Brazil, deforestation has not let up whatsoever. On Friday, official data showed that deforestation levels in June were over 10% higher than last year, making that the 14th consecutive month of increasing rates of forest destruction in the Amazon Basin. While this may seem trivial at a time when over 73,000 Brazilians have died from COVID-19 and the economy is tanking, a continuation of this rising trend of deforestation could lead to grave financial, political and humanitarian problems in the near future. I'm Ewan Marshall, editor of The Brazilian Report, and this is Explaining Brazil. One of the most persistent criticisms of the Jair Bolsonaro government has been its permissiveness towards the destruction of the natural environment. The administration has adopted something of a tacit support for deforestation and the expansion of land grabbing and private interests in the Amazon. During last year's Amazon fires crisis, as deforestation boomed and the rainforest burned, many of these criminal loggers said that they felt emboldened by the federal government. It wasn't as if the Bolsonaro administration openly championed the cutting down of the rainforest, but its support was always implied. Earlier this year, however, as part of an unrelated lawsuit, we got a rare look behind the government curtain when the entirety of one of Bolsonaro's cabinet meetings was published online. Among the several atrocious things said by the government's head honchos, one stood out as particularly shocking, confirming our suspicions of the administration's attitude towards the Amazon. Então, para isso precisa ter um esforço nosso aqui enquanto estamos nesse momento de tranquilidade no aspecto de cobertura de imprensa, porque só fala de COVID. This is Environment Minister Ricardo Salles, a São Paulo technocrat who had never even set foot in the Amazon before Jair Bolsonaro appointed him head of environmental concerns in Brazil. E passando a boiada, e mudando todo o regramento, e simplificando normas de IFAM, de Ministério da Agricultura, de Ministério do Meio Ambiente, de Ministério disso, de Ministério daquilo, agora é a hora de unir esforços. In this excerpt of the meeting, Salas says that the government has to take advantage of the fact that the press is focused 100% on COVID-19 to, quote, run the cattle herd, end quote, through the Amazon rainforest. Now, this is a euphemism for changing laws and regulations, loosening environmental protections in Brazil's Amazon while the public attention is distracted elsewhere. But, as we'll find out in today's episode, Salas' words might not have been 100% metaphorical, as a new report on cattle grazing shows us. We're delighted to welcome back Sam Cowie, a British journalist based in Sao Paulo, who has done some excellent reporting on the Amazon for The Guardian, Financial Times, Al Jazeera and others. Sam, thanks for being back on the show. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Uh, so first of all, we've briefly mentioned Ricardo Salas' infamous promise to run the cattle herd through the Amazon but I'm, I'm wondering if you could kind of go into a bit more detail on that. Like, what exactly does that mean, the running the cattle herd? Uh, he defined that as basically simplifying um, a bunch of environmental regulations that kind of him and 
to a certain extent, also uh, the president Bolsonaro, believe get in the way of development uh, in Brazil's Amazon region. If you have a rural property in the Amazon, you have to maintain 80% of that property forested. Cordelistas and uh, politicians that represent agricultural interests have for a long time kind of campaigned to reduce um, this, uh, this, 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 this mark, basically. It's known as the Amazona Legal mark. Um, but for environmentalists and critics of Mr. Salis and President Bolsonaro, essentially they saw the the phrase uh, boyada, uh run the cattle herd through, is basically taking off, uh, removing environmental regulations um, that already are, you know, kind of uh, fairly, let's just say at the moment, at least um, under attack um, in the Amazon region, especially. Um, so, yeah, it's essentially that. And interestingly enough, we've actually seen the deforestation rates increase in Brazil during the pandemic, which, you know, some people might think is sounds a bit counterintuitive, you know, considering that a large part of the Brazilian population have been, you know, kept at home with the virus taking hold. So, you know, how do we how do we explain this uptick in the Amazon and in other parts of Brazil? This is part of an ongoing, uh, continuing rise in Amazon deforestation. Last year was the, um, the highest rates of Amazon deforestation pretty much um, in the last decade. Um, Amazon deforestation has pretty much been on the up really since um, 2012 and barring a few exceptions here and there it's exceeded um, its its increase each year this year uh, is set to be the the perhaps the worst year since 2004 you have the combination of that this continued interference and defanging at the environmental agencies responsible for enforcement in the Amazon and then of course there is the the covid crisis too um which also has um hampered enforcement missions um the coordinator the enforcement coordinator at Ibama before he was sacked um was was told the Reuters agency that he would have no choice but to send fewer agents to the field. Um, so there is that too. It's a, it's essentially a combination of the ongoing um, interference and defanging of powers at the environmental enforcement agencies, coupled also, perhaps, well, as uh, as 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 many experts have noted, with the kind of window of opportunity that's presented by uh, the COVID nineteen crisis. And so, if this kind of rise in deforestation seems to be like a continuing trend, as opposed to, you know, maybe being something which is completely based on COVID nineteen. If this is continuing, then you know, we all, if we look back to last year. We had the Amazon fire crisis in the middle of the year. Does that mean that we should also expect another one of these fire crises later on this year? 
Well, look, that would be an extremely logical conclusion to come to. Um, essentially, the more deforestation, uh, you know, the the more uh, the, 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 the more fires there will be is the kind of like the logical conclusion. Now, um, we have seen the vice president, Hamilton Modal, saying that um, all fires, legal and illegal, even though there's a very kind of like fine line between what's legal and illegal, often very hard to prove either way, lots of ways to falsify what's legal and not illegal. But, you know, either way, those are his exact words that all fires, whether legal or legal, are going to be banned in the Amazon region for 120 days, which would essentially take us up until October, um, which by then the kind of rainy season is already starting, basically. So he said that whether people obey him or not, um, whether there's like a clamp down it's it kind of all remains to be seen but uh one thing i will say is that these groups uh like i say you know vast and vastly powerful uh, criminal networks often connected to usually connected in some way or at least working with the tacit or explicit or sometimes even explicit permission of local mayors um local uh, state legislators even increasing as we've seen in recent times senators um these groups these criminal groups they're extremely versatile and they tend to adapt very quickly uh to the situations that they're that they're that 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 that, that, that they're thrust into we've seen that in the past with loggers um logging gangs you know, um, taking down very specific trees at a time to, invo to avoid satellite detection, that kind of thing, working round the clock even during the rainy season. Um, so, yeah, as I would say, these groups are very versatile. Uh, they tend to adapt very quickly. And Sam, before we let you go, uh, so after Ricardo Salas talked about, you know, running the cattle herd through the Amazon, We've seen a report, a report was released on Wednesday by Amnesty International talking about the rise in illegal ranching of cattle in protected areas of the Amazon Basin. And, you know, this is, it, this is the most common cause and kind of result of illegal deforestation in the region. You know, there's, there's, the report suggests there's some 63% of deforested area between 88 and 2014 was pasture for cattle. And also, the interesting thing about this report is that it links the giant Brazilian meat producer JBS to these illegally grazed cattle. So, you know, to what extent are these kind of big companies to blame in this? What hand do they have in the destruction of the Amazon rainforest? The fact of the matter is that big companies like JBS, um, they claim to have uh, lots of checks and balances in place. Um, you know, the Jotobesi told me that they said, you know, that their their supply their their supply chain is kind of essentially like ninety nine percent complies with their soci their 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 socio environmental uh, 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 policies according to uh, independent auditors, as they told me. Um, but it's that. Uh, the, the, the problem here is the indirect suppliers. So what you see here is you see essentially like a guy who perhaps has three farms. One is a Jotobesi supplier. 
One is uh, another farm which is legal, but then he also has a farm inside of an indigenous reserve. Um, and then the, 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 the cows are moved from the indigenous reserve onto the legal farm. And then from the legal farm, all of the cows are then all of the cows uh, are moved to the Jotabesi suppliers farm and then they're sold onto Jotabesi. Um, often, you know, often the, 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 the cows from the illegal farm arrive onto the Jotabesi suppliers farm and then, you know, within five or ten minutes, they're transferred over to the Jotabesi plant, essentially. It's a process called cattle laundering. Now, there are some NGOs doing some really great work. Uh, Trace, a Scandinavian NGO, um basically tracking supply chains but it's you know it's 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 very difficult and there's a lot of work um to come from both the companies themselves and from uh, and from civil society to keep that pressure up last year's amazon fire crisis drew widespread global criticism for the bolsonaro government even leading to diplomatic incidents with france norway and germany leading Brazil to be seen as something of an international pariah on environmental issues. Now, once again, international pressure is mounting on Bolsonaro's administration, with major investors threatening to turn their backs on Brazil. While last year's onslaught attacked Bolsonaro's public image, now they're going after where it really hurts, his pocket. That's after the break. Hi, my name is Gustavo Ribeiro. I'm the editor-in-chief of the Brazilian Report. As you know, we are an independent news outlet that lives off subscriptions. So you can support our independence by choosing one of our plans for the best content about Brazil in English. If you're already subscribed, then you can also buy us a coffee with a small donation starting at $4 and going all the way up to whatever your budget and your heart allows, you can help us refill our coffee mugs to continue our 24-7 coverage of COVID-19 in Brazil. You just go to buymeacoffee.com slash Brazilian Report. Buymeacoffee.com slash Brazilian Report. Cheers. Natalia Scalzareto is our finance genius here at the Brazilian Report. Hi Natalia, nice to have you back on the show. Hi Ewan, thanks for having me. Natalia, we've just heard a bit about the extent of the environmental destruction that has been carried out in Brazil since Jair Bolsonaro took office. The government was met with huge criticism during the Amazon fires crisis last year, but that pressure never really amounted to much. I mean, Environment Minister Salles is still in his job and deforestation is still on the rise. But might that be about to change? We are seeing something quite unprecedented in Brazil even. For years, environmental issues have been perceived as something for scientists and NGOs or even left-wing politics. But we're beginning to see global companies and investors increasingly concerned about the environment, which could spell trouble for Brazil. 
If I had to name a turning point, I'd say that this year's World Economic Forum exposed that concern and Brazil can no longer duck and cover from an issue that's at the center of global economic thinking. So, what have been the latest developments? Well, Vice President Hamilton Mourão sat down with the heads of major international investment funds last week after they warned of pulling their money from Brazil unless the government actively starts curbing deforestation. Yeah, as the old adage goes, money talks and uh, cattle droppings walk. <laughs> so why should we believe that this concern of investors might spark some form of change? This has all to do with ESG investment principles or the idea that companies must be concerned about their impacts on the environment, society and governance, so ESG, as well as being profitable. Albeit relatively new in Brazil, this concept has been trending abroad for a while and it's now the latest frontier for financial markets. The asset management firms that requested the meeting are among the largest in the world and are now working to adjust their portfolios towards ESG-friendly initiatives. After the meeting, those investors have also called for results, so I believe we can expect even more activism from them. And beyond foreign investors, there's been some pressure at home, right? Oh, sure. Uh, Vice President Mourão joined the meeting with the CEOs of Brazil's largest companies to talk about the environment right after talking to foreign investors. And that's because Brazilian enterprises are under pressure from both customers and shareholders to be more active towards the issue. And this tends to increase as local funds also become more active towards ESG. On the political side, the local economic intelligentsia is also turning towards environmental responsibility, as 17 of the country's most famous former economy ministers and central bank chairmen signed the letter saying the economic recovery must include social responsibility and the transition towards a low-carbon economy. Now, what is also striking is that you say it is Vice President Mourão who has been meeting with these angry investors, not the environment minister. What's happened to Ricardo Salles? Well, the fact that the Minister of the Environment didn't make it to the headlines on a meeting about the environment speaks for itself. But he was there, as well as Foreign Relations Minister and the Minister of Agriculture. It is undeniable that he's not in a great position at the moment, as business owners and industry reps have called for his sacking, which President Bolsonaro has refused to do so far. Anyway, he's cornered, changing his tone somewhat and saying he would be willing to go to Europe to face the music post-pandemic. Amora also changed his tone somewhat, didn't he? In a video conference on Tuesday, he even admitted that the government took too long to act to combat deforestation. Oh, he did. And the mea culpa is just the beginning, actually, as he has just presented his new Amazon country plan to senators. The plan includes maintaining Brazil's commitments to international agreements, reducing forest fires and deforestation as much as possible, protecting the land from criminal activity and boosting economic development. Uh, just for the record, boosting the country's image is among the main results they hope to achieve. But that's a particularly uphill battle because just after Modem's meeting with investors, official data showed that the deforestation figures had risen sharply last month. And it's hard to promise change when these figures are so bleak. So, as has become the norm, it seems like these figures at the head of Brazil's environmental policy are holding on to their jobs and now trying to save face. 
But as we talked about with Sam earlier, we seem to be on course for another huge year for deforestation and fires in the Amazon. What would happen then? On the economic side, pressure is definitely mounting. This is not the first time investors and foreign governments have been told promises about Amazon, so right now talk is cheap. I'd bet they're keener on seeing actual concrete results. This episode was produced by me, Ewan Marshall, with Gustavo Ribeiro in charge of sound editing. If you like this podcast, please rate Explaining Brazil with 5 stars wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can sign up to the Brazilian Report, which is the journalistic engine behind the show. We offer a 7-day free trial, no strings attached, which gives you access to the site for a week without the need to insert any credit card details whatsoever. I'm Ewan Marshall and we'll see you back here next week. Thank you.